Well, hello, friends. We're going to get the show started here in just a moment. But first, I have an invitation for you. I would like to speak with as many of you as I possibly can. And I'm going to make it real easy. All you have to do is if you go out to halfwaytherepodcast.com slash contact, it'll take you to a forum. You fill out a little bit of information. And in the comments section, just say, hey, I want to talk to you too, you know, or anything like that. And it'll send me an email and then I'll send you an email and then we can set up a time to just have, could be a short conversation, might be a longer conversation, but uh, just to connect. And um, I'm thinking that we would do just a phone call or possibly a Skype if you have the ability to do that. But I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to just get to know who is listening to this podcast. So if you've listened to this show and thought to yourself, man, I would really love to to hang out with Eric. Um, you know, it's not the main point of the show, me, it's it's the people that we talk to. But if you if that's you, then I would love to talk to you. So if you would go to halfwaytherepodcast.com slash contact and send me that email, I'll be in touch and we'll have a really great conversation. All right, that's all I wanted to invite you to. Come and talk with me and let's go ahead. Let's get the show started. Hit it. My friends to Halfway There, this is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. This one's going to inspire you. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for being here. My guests today, uh, they are getting ready to be missionaries in Ireland. It's Chris and Joy Copeland. Chris and Joy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Halfway There. Well, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Hi, Hi, Joy. Hi. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here too. I can't wait to hear your story. We we've, we've connected a little bit over the last week or so and I'm excited to just share with our friends here what God is doing in your hearts particularly for Ireland. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing and then after that we'll go back and and hear some more of how God's brought you to this place. So we're going through a missions organization here in Littleton, Colorado called World Venture. Um, they've been around for about 75 years. And uh, we'll be going to Ireland, joining a church planting team. Um, and specifically what we'll be doing is Joy is an author and she writes Christian women's fiction. Um, and so <clears throat> the team in Ireland has asked her to write Christian books with an Irish stories of hope and redemption so that – um, you know, they can, uh, the Irish are very storytelling people. And so hearing stories, um, ab about the Irish in, you know, with hope and redemption in it, it's going to be, uh, huge to reach their heart. And what I'll be doing there is, um, starting up a leadership development program, at least initially, so that we can, um, help build up leaders in the church um, because not a lot of leaders in Ireland are stepping up to take over the churches that we're planting. Uh, and so I'll set that up, try to build up leaders that we can hand the church off to and then move on to another church and do the same thing. Yeah. Great. You mentioned that leadership is, is a real issue over there. Yes. Yeah. That, the, what we heard from the team there is that, um, especially the Irish men, um, the Irish men don't lead and don't like to be led. And so it kind of creates an interesting conundrum on how to reach them and how to build them into leaders. 
Um, so I'm excited to tackle that. Yeah. Where does that come from? That's a great question. I wonder about Joy, that. Do you know where that, where that comes from? I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an interesting question. It's I, part of their culture, but I don't know why. Yeah. That's well, you know what? Maybe we'll talk in a, in a year or two and you can tell me. That's right. There you go. <laughs> That'll be all right. Well, um, yeah, that's great. So I'm excited about uh, this calling to Ireland, and we're going to hear all about how that came about. Uh, but first of all, I want to know, you know, how did you guys come to Christ? We can start with you, Joy. Okay. Um, my sister, she had given her life to the Lord in 1989, and um, we were pretty young then from a, a family that used to live right around the corner from us. And so she really had started to pray. Um, since she and I are really close in age and we've always been close anyway, she started to pray about just God softening my heart toward coming to him. And it, it took a while. It took a few months for me, but after um, a few months I had gone to her church with her and the moment I walked in, it just felt like I was home that I felt like it was a, instantaneous family, even though I didn't really know anybody. So a few months later, um, I accepted Jesus and into my heart and was baptized and have been following the Lord since March of 1990. Wow. That's, that's great. Okay. So what was your, where, where were you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Southern California Okay, in the Covina area. Gotcha. All right. Where your, what'd your parents do? Um, my mom and dad are divorced, and they were okay. divorced then as well. But prior to that, my dad was a, um, a severe alcoholic. And so, um, you know, not really growing up in that atmosphere, it was a little difficult because I don't really like adventure um, or anything unstable. I really like stability. And, um, my mom, she she's not a believer. My dad now is, though. He had recently come to Christ not too long ago. Oh, that's awesome. And is now following him. So, um, yeah, that's that's been really neat. But so I, I grew up in a, a tumultuous home. Mm, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. But that's how. So, so when you went to church, did that sort of? You said it felt like home. Did that sort of fill that that need for you? It did. I think I spent as many hours as I possibly could at church, whether it be, I, I used to go twice on Sunday and then once on a Monday night and then once on a Wednesday. And then we would all get together and just hang out on Fridays. And so I was always there just because it was such a, it just, it felt like I was adopted into God's family. And I was, yeah. and that's what I had always longed for, I think. Yeah. Really interesting. Interesting how God kind of fills that that need for you. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Chris, how about you? So I um, was raised in the Catholic Church. Um, I was baptized as as an infant and uh, was grew up. I grew up in uh, Montclair, California. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, went to Catholic Church and also attended the Catholic school at that same church where I was taught by. Irish missionary nuns, which was kind of cool. Um, oh, that is and, an interesting connection. Yeah, yeah, that was my introduction to Ireland, basically. And they used to speak uh, Irish Gaelic to each other um, when they didn't want us to know what they were talking about. Uh huh. So that was kind of fun. But we, uh, 
I went to catechism as well as Catholic school. And so I was getting um, indoctrinated into Catholicism from all angles because my grandmother um, taught the catechism at the church. And so um, basically went through all of the, the major sacraments, first, you know, confession, first communion. And then um, around eighth grade, when I was supposed to become confirmed, um, I started to have some doubts because I had some questions that I wasn't getting answers to about, like, why do we pray to the saints or why do we worship Mary the way that we do or pray to her? Um, why, why do we confess to a priest when the Bible says confess your sins to one another? Like some of these things didn't make any sense to me. And so I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I want to be confirmed in the faith because I know what this means. So I decided to kind of take a step back and, and um, not be confirmed as a Catholic. And I, I basically quit going at that point and did some searching into other religions, always believing in God, but just never finding uh, um, where I, I met him yet. Um, but then when I was 16, uh, actually probably 17 at this point, my brother – my stepbrother had uh, a dramatic conversion to Christ, and he invited me to go to church with him in a, at a church in Covina, California, where uh, where Joy lived. And uh, although we hadn't met each other yet, and um, I went for a few weeks and and was really excited about the youth there. They were praying and reading the Bible, and they were excited about the Lord. And uh, I'd never seen that before. It was new to me and kind of foreign, but I loved it. And so I just kept coming back and, and, um, they invited me to go to a uh, winter camp a few months later. And so I went with them and that's where I gave my life to the Lord in February of 1990. So just a month before joy. Oh, that's so cool. Did, uh, so were you kind of searching? It's interesting that you, you <clears throat> believed in God, realized, I don't think I want to be Roman Catholic, but you mm -hmm. were kind of searching anyway. And you found, and again, you found this in church. Yeah. Or in Christ, yeah. but a friend invited you, or your, was your brother you said? My, yeah. My stepbrother invited me to invited church. Invited you to church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I had been looking at lots of different religions and looking into new age and looking into Hinduism and Buddhism and, and everything um, just because I was curious. And I really always believed in, you know, God or a higher power, but I just didn't know what, like what that looked like. And I, I've always kind of leaned toward Christian, um, you know, in that I believed that there was a Jesus and I believe that he was the son of God. And, um, I just didn't find a good vehicle for that yet until I went to that church. And then finally it all made sense. And I was like, okay, this is the Jesus I've been looking for. Um, you know, this is, I think this is the, the Jesus the Bible is talking about. Oh, yeah. So interesting. What yeah. was your what was your question like? What were you trying to solve by doing going on that search? What was I trying to solve? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I think it was just that I, like I said, I always believed in God and I always knew He was there. I was just looking for that personal relationship with Him um, because growing up Catholic, I, I learned to to be reverent of God and be and revere Him. Um, but I never really met the God that you can talk to personally and that cared about your own life, mm -hmm. um, you know, personally. And that's what I met when I was 17, when I went to that, to the church in Covina. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. I just find that search very fascinating. That it's, Yeah. It was an interesting journey. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Wow. So were you guys, so you were saved shortly around the same time. Did you know each other? You, you said you're in the same city, right? Did you, did you, how'd you end up meeting? 
it's funny. We, we actually were running in a lot of the same circles and had some mutual friends, but never met each other, uh, until, um, I was what, 20, what, 21? Oh, 21. Yeah. 21. Um, and I was in a, a Christian band at the time and, um, several of the people that were in the band were, um, had a home where they lived with other, um, Christian ladies and joy happened to be one of those ladies. And so when we were rehearsing at the house, uh, I met joy and we, uh, we started to talk a little bit and, and she started skipping Bible study to, to, um, oh. be nearby while, while we were rehearsing <laughs> with the permission of our youth, with the permission of, of our youth. Pastor, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we started writing letters to each other and, and, uh, then I, I asked her out on a date and then, <clears throat> Uh, we became exclusive pretty pretty shortly after that. Oh, that's great! Did you guys? So, did you, I assume you got married then in that time frame somewhere? Yeah, we were married in um, July of nineteen ninety nine. Okay, great. So you're coming up on twenty years here soon. Yep, another year. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So take us then into some of your formative Christian experiences, like what. What were the things that really kind of shaped, you know, Joy, you talked about going, you were at church all the time. You found family there. You found community. What, like, what else did, did you find that God was really using to shape you in in kind of your formative years there? You know, I really think that, um, it, God really showed me him as my daddy throughout most of my formative years of following him. And that was something that I had desperately longed for um, throughout most of my life, just wanting to be a child, you know, um, to have that just wonderful father figure who, you know, would always be there. And I think for me, I was really able to see that with the church that I had given my life to the Lord at. It was a, it was such a deep personal relationship with Jesus and one that you wanted to share with people and so because of that and because of um, of God adopting me as his child, that really formed who I became. Yeah. How did you realize that? Like, did you, was there ever like a moment when you thought, oh, wow, this is what this means? Um, you know, I, I think it was after I was baptized. Um, it was, it was so big for me. My, my whole personality, I did a 180 and, um, after I, I was baptized and just at that moment, I realized that I was a part of God's family and he was indeed my, my father. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Chris? How did you, how did you grow? Uh, so I had lots of interesting experiences, um, probably more than we can share in this podcast, but (laughs) just um, give us one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, probably one of the, the most formative times of my early Christian walk is um, I was going to this church in Redondo Beach, California, and I was living with my stepbrother, the one that invited me to church. And uh, it was a it was called Sanctuary, the Rock and Roll Refuge. And um, that sounds it like was, a cool place. <laughs> yeah. The, the pastor there um, was kind of a long hair tattooed guy and, and uh, great pastor. But he he was bringing in um, Christians that were becoming, um, Christians at, at Striper concerts. If you remember Striper, the heavy metal band, oh, Christian yeah. heavy metal band. 
Um, and these, these people didn't really have a place in conventional church because they were all long hairs and tattoos and leather. And, um, and so he was, he created a church for, for the, the outsiders basically. And, um, and so my brother and I went to this church and it was pretty awesome. And they had great discipleship programs, um, which we, we got involved in. There was this year long course called intense studies that we did, um, where I learned a lot about my faith and, they take you through apologetics and doctrine and theology and all these things, uh, and read some great formative books, uh, through the process of that year. And, uh, and, but also while we were, while I was living with my brother and, and like three or four other Christian guys, we had this huge house in Torrance, California, and we, um, started a ministry where we were inviting in, um, street kids that didn't have a home <clears throat> into our home and kind of helping them, go to church and kind of get the life back on track. And while it was, it had, had some really cool rewarding moments, but it also had some hard times too, where these guys would come in and they would eat our food and, and they would steal us blind. Oh, wow. <laughs> they would, they would take everything that wasn't locked up and then leave. And, you know, and so we were like, wow, this is, this is hard. We're trying to help you guys and you're stealing from us. Um, but it was, it was pretty cool. And actually just recently connected with one of those guys that we brought in on Facebook, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, and yeah. so, and he had a lot of cool things to say about that time. Um, so that was huge for, for my early Christian walk. Sounds like you had a lot of really good teaching and you kind of laid that foundation. You had an opportunity to do that. Yeah, for sure. A, a lot of great people. I mean, even when I first became a Christian, one of the older elders at the church, uh, his name was Mel Brower. I, I think he's passed away now, but um, he uh, reached out to me and we had like a, a weekly di- discipleship time. And um, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome and also kind of odd because, um, you know, he was probably in his 70s at the time and he cared enough about the youth mm. to mentor us, you know. Uh, and so that was huge for me too, just because I, I learned a lot during that time. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're in your 70s and you're listening to this, go find a youth to mentor because it means a lot to them. It really does. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And if you're in your 70s and listening to this, I want to know how you found me because I'm <laughs> just interested. But that is so right. And I was about to say the exact same thing. If you know, there's such a important place for people who uh, have walked with the Lord for a long time. It's one of the things I'm super proud of about this show is that you know I've I've interviewed people in that period of life that, um, that have the relationship with God and don't really necessarily get a chance to share their story with a wider audience and it needs to be shared. And so, um, but that one-on-one time also is, is just super, super important. And, um, yeah, anyway, so that's, that's a good, a good little PSA there. (laughs) So you guys were being discipled, eventually got married and then, um, you know, sounds like you're pretty involved. T- take us, take us from there. So let's, we could, well, give bridge the gap for us between that. And when you started thinking about missions. So Joy and I had a rough first nine years of marriage. I mean, we, I mean there were some good times, but it was a hard nine years um, for reasons we won't get into now, but we, um, our, our marriage was difficult. And if it wasn't for the fact that we had always agreed that we would never divorce, we may have been divorced. I mean, um, it yeah. was hard. And so we were living in California. We had three young boys. Um, and we were like, this is 
California, Southern California was getting crowded and expensive and we needed a new start desperately. So we had an opportunity to move to Colorado Springs and live with her sister and brother and our two nephews. And, uh, we thought, yeah, this is the opportunity we're looking for at least to kind of move to another place that we can afford. And so we moved to Colorado Springs and, um, our marriage, we, we kind of had a big, kind of a big blowout. And then we decided, you know what, we need to start over and just start from scratch. And so that's what we did. And our marriage improved 500% from that point forward, um, and really started going good places. And, uh, but God had a reason for us to move out to Colorado, which we didn't know yet at the time. Um, despite the fact that, you know, our marriage needed a new start. Um, we moved out to Colorado Springs. We said, we never, ever want to move to Denver. It's too crowded. (laughs) It's a big city. You know, we, we love the Springs. Um, but we moved out in 2008, right when the recession hit or 2009. Um, and so it was like, I could not find a job to save my life. It was hard. Ended up getting, so I had a master's degree, but I ended up getting a job at Borders Books and Music because that was all I could get. Wow. And worked there during Christmas time, which was like really brutal, um, working retail Christmas. And uh, and finally, God kind of said, it's time for you to open up your search and look in Denver. And so I did. Found a job at University of Colorado Denver doing what I had done in, in uh, California for 10 years. Same program and the same kind of idea. <laughs> And so God moved us to Denver, even though we said we don't ever want to move into Denver. Um, and then, um, well, hold, you, hold on one yeah. second. Cause I want to go back just a second. So sure. we don't have to go into the specifics of, of, you know, marriage, marriage is hard and I get that, but I yeah. do want to know what the spiritual impact of both the, the difficult times were and the restoration was or the restarting. What what was that like? What like either of you? What, you know, whoever wants to take that. Um, that's that's a good question. It's um, so the the spiritual impact. I I think, you know, we, it was it was a definite do over, you know, and I I think spiritually too, you can tie that into, that's how. God is with us, no matter how many times we mess up, you know, he always gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And, um, so it was for us spiritually, it was taking a good hard look at my own heart and realizing the impact that I was playing in our tough marriage and saying, okay, it's time to stop, um, being that way. It's, it's time to change. And for us, I think that was huge. Yeah. And also I had some learning to do about what it meant to be the spiritual leader of the house uh, or the family. And so I had some, I had some growing to do in that area uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was interested in because I think those things are, they're really important, right? And God uses them, um, which even though, you know, they're hard to go through and they're hard to talk about, God uses them. And he will, mm-hmm. if, we, if we come to that place, like you talked about, Joy, well, I need to just surrender, you know, what it is that my part is and ask God to teach me and enter into this. Mm-hmm. He, he can bring some great things out of that. Absolutely. I, I think, too, for me, it was uh, because I'm kind of a strong-willed person. And so um, it was 
it was learning how to let go and learning how to submit to even more so to God than to Chris. And I don't use the word submissive or submit as in bowing down or, you know, <laughs> Chris has the final say or anything sure. like that. It's, um, it's just a, a, like you said, it's a willingness to surrender my own desires for the greater good, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So important. Okay. Yeah, I just was curious about the about the spiritual implications of, of that. So thanks for sharing it. I know, I know that that's, that's hard, hard to do, but thanks for doing it. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so, but you also have this sort of, um, surrender is kind of a theme, as I recall, right? So <laughs> you, you have this, you have this uh, experience, you're, you're in Colorado Springs, and you say, we're not going to go to Denver, and then God moves you to Denver. Yeah. Take us from there. So we, uh, we ended up living in, uh, Lakewood. So the outskirts of Denver <coughs> and, uh, we kind of, we loved Colorado. We thought this is going to be our forever home. And we're even looking up in, um, in evergreen thinking, Oh, it'd be so cool to like retire up here and get buy a house and this will be our forever home. And, uh, I'm sure God's laughing at us as, <laughs> as we were saying these things and making these plans. Right. Right. Our, uh, for, for our friends, evergreen is like half an hour up into the mountains. So Denver kind of yeah. sits on the edge of the, of, of the Rocky mountains. And then the further West you go, you've got this beautiful Rocky mountain range and evergreen is kind of up in there. It's a little mountain town. It's a fun place to go. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's just beautiful and stunning. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 And so we, um, we bought a house in Lakewood and, and, uh, and then where things changed was that for every, uh, anniversary, Joy and I give each other goals, and so she'll give me a goal. I'll give her a goal. We'll we'll talk about a goal for our family and for our marriage. Where did and you? So, why did you start that? Where did that come from? We actually stole the idea from my sister and her husband. Oh, really? Cool. Um, they they were married a day before us, um, but several years before. So she would often say, "Yeah, you know, Russell had given me this goal that I really wanted to work on," and and I thought, "Wow, that's." that's pretty phenomenal. So, um, we took that mm-hmm. and incorporated it into our marriage. Yeah. So I know that you see some <laughs> big change coming out of this one. Have you seen other goals come to fruition and, and be huge in your relationship? Uh, so a lot of the goals that we'll come up with with each other are things that, um, take more than a year to accomplish. <laughs> gotcha. Um, you know, uh, because, part of it is ingrained in how we were raised and, and, um, our experiences through life. And so it, it takes, I mean, it's, it's been 40 years of, of dealing with certain issues. And so, you know, it takes more than a year to, to get through it, but, yeah. um, you know, I would say that there's definitely been growth though. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So in, in the goals that Chris has given me, they've, they've taken a little while, but I think year by year mm-hmm. I am slowly but surely reaching those goals. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's I'm not, that's true. So I just want to commend you guys for that because I actually think that's a, a very cool practice that, that I've never heard of before. But something that I think takes a lot of um just trust and and love between you to to kind of offer those things to each other. I, I just think it's really neat. It's it's a great exercise. It really is. Yeah. And every year we look forward to that time. 
That's so Except, cool. Unless the goals that I, that, that I come up with are really tough and Joy's like, I hate you a little bit. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. So she gives you this goal. Yeah. So she, she gives me a goal and I've been doing the same kind of job for about 18 or 15 at the time, 15 years. Yeah. It was at the point where Chris was really, um, not satisfied. He, he felt that there was something more that he should be doing and he wanted to do. So mm-hmm. he kind of felt boxed in just by what he could do just to earn a paycheck. Yeah. And so at that time I had said to him, um, which was weird because it was different than a goal I would have given him years prior. It, but it was a, Hey, you know, you're kind of done with this line of work. Why don't you spend the next year praying and seeing if God has something more for you to do? And so I, I started to pray. And, uh, and so the goal was, is that she wanted me to pray for a year and then let her know at the next anniversary, what God was telling me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this in earnest. And so I started praying and almost immediately felt like God was calling us to missions. And I thought that was hilarious because, you know, we had just bought a home in Lakewood. Um, you know, Colorado was going to be our forever home missions. Long-term missions was not on our radar. Um, you know, we both had done short-term missions in our Christian life, um, both to like Mexico and you went to Venezuela Venezuela, and, um, but never long-term missions was on, you know, we we had three young boys. And so we are like, this isn't, this, that's funny, God. I had, I had just started, um, taking anxiety medication every day as well. And so, um, that was a little bit in Chris's mind, like, what is she going to (laughs) do? Wow. Yeah. And you had said earlier, you value stability. Like you want to just much. let's get life kind of together in the box and, and we know yeah. where, where we're going to live and who we're going to go to church with. Right. And all that stuff. Right. The whole, the whole yeah. life. Yeah. Little did I know at the time that, um, you know, while I am stable in my relationship with Christ and his love for me, that doesn't mean that I'm going to have earthly stability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So. That's a fun lesson. So in some ways I kind of felt like Noah, like you want me to do what? This isn't, doesn't make any sense. Why would I build a boat? You know, what doesn't even rain, you know, what are you talking about? So I kind of felt like that, like, okay, why, why would you want us to be missionaries? God, that makes no sense. And, um, I was really nervous about ever having to talk to joy about that. Cause like she said, you know, she likes stability and, and, uh, I was afraid she's going to freak out and leave me. Um, so not really, not but, happen, no. No. <laughs> but still, um, so I started to, I kind of pushed it aside and said, God, you know, I, I really want to know what you want me to do, but not missions, anything else. Right. And, um, he just kept just telling me missions over and over again as I was praying, or at least that's what I was feeling on my heart. And I was like, Oh boy, this makes no sense. Why would you do this to us? Yeah. Were there, I, were there any specific okay. ways that he, that he said that to you? Um, I can't really tell you. It wasn't like I heard an audible voice, sure, but I but I definitely felt on my heart missions, and I knew it wasn't for me because that was not what I was hoping for. I I, <laughs> I have two degrees in business, and I was thinking I want to climb the corporate ladder and be a vice president or a president of something, you know, and and work my way up in the corporate world. I, I was not thinking missions, so gotcha. uh, at that point, I was like, okay, God, God's obviously talking to me because this is not my plan. Yeah. Um, so I wrestled with God for about nine months, um, and said, finally, toward the end of that nine months, I was like, okay, God, if this is what you really want us to do, you're going to have to prepare Joy's heart and also open up an opportunity for me to talk to her about this because this is so, 
like 180 from what she was probably thinking when she gave me this goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly didn't think that it would be missions. So um, the how God did that was pretty God-esque, I guess. <laughs> we were sitting at church and, you know, at this time we had opened our home already to um, Bible studies and small groups and we were both volunteering inside the church and it was just kind of time for us to volunteer outside to do something in the community. And um, an advertisement for Africa Hope had come up on the screen. And so Chris and I were like, yeah, you know, we should really look into that. And um, so the service ended and we went and picked up the kids from their classes. And as we were walking out, it was just one of those times where I, I really didn't think I meant to ask this question. I really wanted to ask him where he wanted to go to lunch since it's Sunday and, you know, it's after church. And instead I, I said, Hey, um, do you think we missed our calling? Maybe we should have been missionaries. Wow. And I said, let's go. <laughs> I was so excited. Cause I was like, this is my opening I've been praying about. And, and I looked at him kind of like shocked and I said, what? <laughs> like, wait, hold on a second. So, um, after that, I didn't talk to him for about a week <laughs> about well, the mission. She missions. talked to me just not about that. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. about missionary work. And so, and I wasn't um, going to push it, so I just let her. I let her stew on that for a little bit, what, and then come back to me. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris, what were you thinking during that week? I was thinking, okay, God, do I just let her think about this and come to me when she's ready, or do I like bring it up again? And so I kind of decided, I'm Joy does better when you kind of let God work on her heart. <laughs> and so I just said, okay, God, work on her heart, and I pray that that conversation comes, and it did. Um, but I, I knew better than to push. Yeah. About a week later after praying about it all week long, um, I really felt God just impressing on me to talk with Chris about it. So the following Sunday after church, uh, we sat down and he, I asked him what he meant by let's go. <laughs> that was not the, <laughs> the answer I was expecting. And he told me what God had really been impressing on him for the last nine months. And it was a, it was kind of a no brainer. If God called you to do something, you just, you need to do it. And so it was no matter, no matter what the road looked like ahead, I knew that we needed to go ahead and follow mm -hmm. God's call. Which yeah. was obviously God working on her. Cause that was not the answer I was expecting either. God did a big, a big work in Joy's heart <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why Ireland? That's, that's a great question. Um, and this is the really, this is probably the coolest story that of our, of our calling that is, um, it's really exciting. So we, um, we had gotten connected with world venture, um, because a bunch of world venture folks go to our, the church that we were attending at the time. And, um, we went through the appointee process and, and went, were interviewed and, and we were appointed in, uh, April of 2014. But our call to Ireland happened before. Yeah. And so, we were appointed. so we had, we had been praying, okay, God, where do you want us to serve? Cause I mean, we really had no idea where in the world God would want us. And, um, we prayed separately and came back together and talked and felt like God was calling us to Europe. And we thought, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I was kind of always hoping he'd send us to Japan because I love sushi and I was hoping, you know, <laughs> I get some, some authentic sushi somehow right. in my mission experience. And my sister and her husband and two boys had served in Kenya for a few years. And so I thought, well, to me that that's what missions looked like was serving in Africa somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we um, we came back together and talked about it and 
realized that it was Europe. And um, so before before we pursued Europe, though, we were invited to a retreat at World Venture um, regarding Mozambique, where the missionary, the few missionaries there, they came back and um, they're just trying to recruit more people to go to Mozambique. And so we had told my sister, who was back in the States and that God was calling us to Europe, and she just started to cry. She she just burst into tears. And I thought that was kind of odd because Europe isn't really a place where you fear for your life as a missionary. Yeah. But um, she had said that we didn't quite understand that Europe is considered a missionary graveyard. Mission Missionaries come back and they're discouraged and um, just kind of hopeless because they don't see the fruit of their labor. And, um, you know, we, we kind of patted her on the shoulder and said, well, you know, we really feel God directing us to Europe. And she said, well, if that's the case, then, um, when you go to the Mozambique retreat, why don't you guys pray that God would confirm Europe and narrow it down to where, and we, we kind of chuckled at that thinking, well, that's kind of an odd request, but okay, you know, God can do anything. So we'll give that a whirl. So we started to pray that God would really speak at the retreat. So, um, so we were there and, and, uh, you know, they have lunch breaks and dinner breaks and, and a lot of the world venture staff was there as well. And we sat down on the first day with the assistant to the director of Africa and, um, we were just chatting and she said, Hey, I don't know you guys. I'd like to get to know you. Um, tell me a little bit about yourselves. And so, um, I talked about how I grew up Catholic, um, and left, you know, left the Catholic church and became a Christian later. And Joy talked about how she grew up, um, with a dad who struggled with alcoholism. And, um, she listened to our story and she kind of looked at us and said, have you guys considered serving in Ireland? Because your, your story really lines up with, um, you know, the needs in Ireland. I mean, they're, they're Catholic, but they're kind of culturally Catholic or nominally Catholic, um, you know, and so you have a great understanding of, of what that's like. Uh, yeah. It can really speak to them there. And she said, and they struggle with alcoholism. And Joy, you can really identify with that and, and what that's like. She's like, you should consider going to Ireland. And we're like, not me struggling with alcoholism. No, no, but... no, no. <laughs> right, right, right. Her, her family. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make that clear. She, but you're she's familiar never with struggled it. with alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be new for you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we kind of we kind of laughed and thought Ireland doesn't need missionaries. Like that's a vacation spot. Joy said, "Oh, that's a vacation spot." She's like, "No, no, they have a team there, and actually, there's quite a big need. You should really look into it." And we're like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> sure, thumbs up, you know." Um, and so the next day, um, we had lunch with the uh, director to Asia from World Venture at the time. Um, he's now a different position. He's a vice president now, but. Um, and he said, hey, I'd like to get to know you guys. Tell me about yourselves. And so we did the same thing, um, talked about Catholicism, alcoholism. And um, he goes, hey, have you guys thought about serving in Ireland? Because it seems like your stories really line up with Ireland. And we're like, huh, that, you're the second person to tell us that. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, I said, well, we, we hadn't thought about it before, but we're, we'll, we'll definitely think about it now. And so we kind of moved on from that conversation. And then that same night, um, we were having dinner and we were eating with our the guy who would be our appointee coach and kind of coach us through the appointee process. And he said, hey, tell me about yourselves. I don't really know who you are and I want to get to know your story. So we told him the same thing. And he was like, you know, God is doing something really big in Ireland right now. 
I wonder if you guys would consider serving there. And at that point, we were like, well, that's the third <laughs> conference. That's the third time someone said that to us, all unrelated conversations. This must be what God wants us to do. And so that really confirmed for us, not just Europe, but specifically Ireland. And then uh, the other cool thing, too, is that a lot of the Irish team had to come back over the next like three or four months um, to headquarters here in Littleton. And we live locally. So we met up with them over coffee and got to know them and got to ask them a lot of questions about what's ministry like in Ireland and what's the need. And um, I mean, it was God orchestrated a lot of that, which was really cool for us. I mean, God made it very clear where he wanted us to go. Yeah. Uh, that's such an amazing story that you, you know, you committed and you said, okay, we're going to pray about this. We're going to ask God, give us a sign, give us, give us a direction, help us. And he did. <laughs> he did. Absolutely did. Yeah. That's at, at, a, at, a, at a retreat where they're trying to push Africa, Mozambique and right. he called us to Ireland. You know what I mean? Like that's just so weird. Right. Yeah. If you ended up in Africa, okay, well that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it sounds like this is where God is is really calling you guys. Well, and it's it's funny too because I was totally ready to sign up to go to Mozambique because the uh, the missionary there um, was doing some really cool things, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exciting! I can't wait to sign up. And Joy's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's let's get confirmation from God first, and you know about where <laughs> we're supposed to go, and then God made it clear Ireland. So, um, you know, I was ready to sign up with with the the Schmitz who were serving in in, uh, in Mozambique. But God had other plans. Yeah. Okay. So that is a remarkable story. I love that. So tell us. So then you you started in on this journey, and you've been you've been kind of working on going there. Tell us tell us a little more about Ireland and and kind of why this is a place that is a mission field and needs needs people to come and and share Christ with them. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so basically, um, the, the need in Ireland is this, um, they, the Catholicism there was so kind of ingrained in their society and their government and their economics, um, that, you know, it, it, it became, um, where, you know, uh, I'm Irish, so of course I'm Catholic and, but yet they don't go to church. A lot of people, a lot of Catholics in Ireland don't even believe in God necessarily, um, but yet they would say, well, yeah, I'm Catholic because I'm Irish. So it's a cultural thing. Um, and what's happening recently is that um, the Irish are are so tired, I think, of the oppression that the, that the Roman Catholic Church has given them for so many years that they're saying we don't want to have anything to do with religion at all. And so they're walking away in, in droves. Um, we saw a newspaper article uh, about three or four years ago that said – Ireland is abandoning religion faster than every country on earth wow. except for communist Vietnam. Wow. And so that kind of shows you where they're going. And, you know, because of that, they're walking into atheism um, between like 1991 and 2016. Atheism has grown by 600% in Ireland. Um, they're just walking away from, from, from church altogether and, um, and making decisions as a country that shows that they're, they're trying to show the world we're now on the cusp of liberalism in Europe. And so in 2016, um, they, they voted by popular vote to, um, to legalize uh, marriage equality. Um, so gay marriage is now legal in Ireland as of two years ago. 
um, about two months ago, they voted to overturn a referendum that was protecting unborn children. And so now legal, uh, abortion is legal in Ireland as of two months ago. And th- these are decisions that uh, would have been unheard of 50 years ago in Ireland. Yeah. But now they're they're just like saying we're done and we're going to be as liberal and secular as possible. Yeah. You know, I think given all the turmoil that that country has seen as well um, oh, yeah. for religious reasons, you know, is it's not surprising. Yeah. They, they equate religion with war in many yeah. cases because of the Protestant Catholic, yeah. um, you know, fights that they were having for so many years. Right. Centuries, right? Yeah. So, centuries. Long, long time. So that, that's interesting. I think what, when I think about missions, one of the things I, I think about is that the, you don't see the fruit uh, sometimes for a couple of centuries of what's happened. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, like now, um, uh, you know, what, so this is the example in Ireland is, you know, all this pol- political fighting over religion yields this result, but around the world and other places, all the, all the missionaries who went, um, you know, let's say to China or Africa or South America in the 19th century, we're seeing the fruit of the church in those places now. And, you know, they never lived to see it, but here yeah. we are a century or a century and a half later. And, and the churches are thriving in those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, like, uh, in Kenya now, I, last I checked, it was like 80%. Yeah. Uh, is it Uganda? Maybe it's Uganda. Sure. Uh, it was like 80% evangelical Christians now yeah. um, as a country. And that's like crazy. And and the even in China, where it's illegal to be a Christian, the, the, the Christian church is booming there. Right. Um, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of, of new Christians that are coming through, you know, China. Um, and and then play, but places like Europe, you know, are, are becoming post-church and they're, you know. Yeah, apathetic about it. In fact, in Ireland right now, um, when we started raising support about three and a half years ago, there were 1.5% evangelical Christians in Ireland. Um, the 2016 census just was published, and now there's only 0.5% evangelical Christians in Ireland at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah so so they're, they're considered unreached. Right. So I think if, if anything else, or if nothing else that we take from that, the... The reality is that, you know, we we may not even see in our in our lifetimes in our generation the fruit of a thriving church in Ireland, but it's mm-hmm. so important to that people like you and other people that God would call go there to to plant those seeds and to start because if we don't if we don't do it now, it'll just take that much longer. And, Absolutely, uh, we we can be we can trust the Lord to do good things with with the efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's 150 years before we, before we see the, the fruit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks for that. So you're, one thing that you guys are doing is you're still raising support to go to Ireland and you need people to help you with that. Um, yes. So people can find you at worldventure.com slash CJ Copeland, right? Mm-hmm. And C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D. Okay, perfect. That I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So, friends, you guys know if you listen to the show, you can find show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. Uh, halfwaytherepodcast.com, you just hit that. It'll take you to the archives and scroll down. You'll find uh, this particular episode and the other eight most recent episodes there you can you can click on. What is your goal and, and how, how can people help you best? So our goal was to be there yesterday. 
but <laughs> right. um, we didn't reach that. So, <laughs> uh, and I, I say that tongue in cheek, but I mean, we, we want to be there today to yesterday, you know, we're, yeah. we're excited to go. Um, we've been pre- preparing for this for four years. We've gone through trainings and we've read books, um, both theology and history of Ireland. Um, you know, we're, we're ready to go. We're excited and we're primed. Um, but we're at about 70% of our total support. Um, and so what that means is we still need about 30 people at a hundred dollars a month, um, giving to us on a monthly basis. Uh, and then we can get on that plane and go, um, we've raised all of our outgoing costs. So we're done there. We just need, we just need faithful monthly partners and then we can finally get there and, uh, and join the team. So our, our goal is to be there as ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So friends, I don't know if God has stirred something in your heart for Ireland. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the need there, the, um, you know, people who are, you, you guys shared some stories with me last week about the, um, just the hopelessness that a lot of people seem, seem to be feeling there as they kind of make this migration toward atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, that there isn't really any kind of future that they that they expect or or think, and so you guys are going to go and and kind of bring the the joy of Christ to to bear upon that situation. Um, so, friends, if you yep. want to be part of that, you can go out and support Chris and Joy. Worldventure.com slash CJ Copeland. That's with an E C O P E L A N D. I'll have links in the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. Anything else you guys want to add? And if anybody wants to uh, meet with us, whether it's over Skype or in person, um, they can send us a message from that website you mentioned. And we'd be happy to Skype or or drive and meet you and talk and and we'll buy you coffee and share with you our whole entire story because there's a lot more to our story than what we were able to do today. Yeah, we can Um, cover a little bit. But also, you know, if you're on a missions board at your church... Mm-hmm. And you're looking for people who are aligning with with your your vision of reaching Europe. These guys are Christian Joy are your your people. So, reach out. Thank thank you. Thanks yeah. so much for having us today, oh. Eric. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we Th- really do. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. And I'm going to be praying for you guys that uh, that you do get there as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. 